Hello, and welcome to another edition of Everybody Hates Your Brand, the podcast for all things marketing and customer experience. In this episode, we talk to Paul Truman, copywriter, creative, communication consultant, and the boss of words, ideas, and plans. We talk about two fascinating areas, creativity and the life of a freelancer. So if you ever wanted to know how to write a great brief, feedback on creative ideas, or whether freelancing is for you, this podcast has you covered. So today is a first for the podcast after 30-something episodes. We finally have a quote-unquote creative person on, and more than that, a man who sits at an intersection between two areas of interest, one being creativity and the other being the world of freelance and freelancing. We live in an era of the great resignation and people going off to do their own thing uh, and a huge amount of change in, in the job market. Um, so I would like to welcome to the podcast, Paul Truman. Welcome, sir. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No problem. Delightful, delightful to have you, sir. Um, so as always, uh, tradition here uh, in this neighborhood is to do what we call the credibility section, uh, which is the bit up front, which you talk about your background and your skills and what you've done and your career and all that kind of stuff to give people listening uh, a sense of who you are and, and, and the expertise and the, and the experience you bring to the conversation. Um, so if you wouldn't mind giving us a quick uh, summary of your of your background, and your career, please. Sure. Um, first of all, just want to say how how um, pleased I am that your excellent podcast has finally got round to uh, <laughs> recognising who adds the real value to the bottom line here. It's all about all data, these, All these very high-powered, incredibly <laughs> clever people who um, <laughs> listen to you on your podcast, blinding me with all sorts of science and, and, and insight. And really what you need is someone who's good with puns. It's the, um, it's the ingredient so, that's been missing all this time. Exactly. Yeah, jokes. Um, so I'm a copywriter and a communications consultant, uh, and I live and work for the most part in North Devon, uh, and I work with clients in the UK and Europe, uh, to help them get the most bang for buck for their brand communications. Because obviously, as, as you know, and as you've talked about very succinctly and, and, and very wisely on, on this podcast, <laughs> you know, done properly, a brand basically makes you more valuable. A, a good brand adds to your bottom line. So, you know, I'm really lucky I work with like, I work with some big global brands. I work with some amazing low-budget not-for-profits, um, to keep me honest. Um, mm. And my job is is basically help them communicate what they do in ways that make them stand out. It really is as simple as that. And, you know, you can dress it up in all sorts of highfalutin ways, but really I help them think about what they're saying, who they're saying it to, how they're saying it. I, you know, that includes everything from sort of podcasts to websites to... DM campaigns to print ads to uh, TVCs. Um, and the reason I kind of talk about being a comms consultant and a copywriter is that because I'm freelance and I've got, you know, a, um, lucky enough to have kind of a, a raft of clients, I work with them all in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's because part of, the, part of that reason is because my background is quite, sort of varied i didn't come to copywriting in the normal sense cool and it is an interesting background and you've worked agency side and you've worked client side and you've done all sorts of fun stuff in your career um creative's an interesting world because there's a kind of paradox in it which is that like a lot of people are scared by creative people or or creative people are kind of put on a um like a pedestal almost it's like in most agencies i've worked at the creatives are like Ah, uh, you know, like Halo, light shines, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Doves, 
emerge yeah. uh, and there are the creatives yeah. churning out the work they're quite scary people to talk to in some ways yet perversely uh, every client i've ever worked for and at uh, everyone thinks they know how to write copy and everyone thinks they know what a good advert looks like <laughs> so there's this weird dichotomy between the two the two worlds and so having somebody on like you uh to help especially i think client marketers sort of navigate the world of working with creatives i think is going to be really really valuable so we'll, we'll start with the kind of creative bit first and then we'll jump into your freelance um life and, and navigating those those kind of those waters uh in a bit um one of the things that always is drilled into you whenever you work an advertising agency uh is creatively is the brief is paramount the brief is everything even even down to like the one line creative proposition is everything and what's interesting is that there's a big discrepancy between uh whether marketers think they're good at writing briefs and the agencies who receive them thinking those briefs are any good or not the breath of briefs.com um state that 80 percent of marketers agree that they consider themselves uh good at writing briefs only 10 percent of creative agencies agree <laughs> that those same people are good at writing briefs so First question for you is, is that something you recognize? And if so, what are the sort of biggest pitfalls you see when you're receiving briefs? You know, what, what is it that makes a great brief? Yeah, sure. So um, I definitely I definitely recognize those numbers. And I think it, it comes down to uh, the immutable truth, um, which is that no one thinks a bad brief or the resulting bad creative work is their fault. <laughs> no one is no one is ever going to put their hand up and go, yeah, you know what? We, we did a bad job on this. We're all, you know, you're always going to blame the brief. You know that phrase, if I'd had longer, uh, this would have been shorter. Yeah. You know, that, that <laughs> I've never thing. heard that. That's good. No, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a writing thing. If, mm. you, know, it would, if I'd, you know, if I'd worked on it harder, it would have been shorter. Briefs are a bit like that. Mm. Um, like a good brief is a bit like a diamond, right? So, a huge amount of pressure and time has gone into them. And, and if it has, then you get something remarkably valuable out of, out, out of reading it. Mm. But <laughs> we don't always have, do we, a huge amount of pressure? No, we do not. We certainly don't have a huge amount of time. Mm. So often that isn't what comes out. A diamond doesn't come out of the other end. And similarly, if you're a, if you're a concept creative, which I have been mm. in my career, so you're a kind of, you know, in the awful agency jargon, you're like a midweight or you're a heavyweight creative. You're, mm. you're paid to come up with ideas that add, mon- add value to a bottom line of a, of a brand. You are basically paid for your ability on a daily basis to generate ideas and then execute them, mm. right? Now, I love what I do and I love my profession and I'm proud to do it. But very few of us are ever going to say, you know what, this is an absolutely great brief and, I, and I've got absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> You're just not going to do it. You're just not no. going to do it because because it's too frightening. Mm. It's too frightening. It, it messes with your head. You're as a creative. You, you're basically playing this confidence trick on yourself all the time, which is that I can always generate ideas, and there yeah. are always more ideas. Which I believe. It's a phrase I believe, and I, and it's true. But creativity is a fascinating subject, and the more you mm. think about it, the, the scarier it gets. And I do think. That, that creatives are always looking for a reason why that idea possibly wasn't as good as it could have been. And it's yeah. never going to be that it's them. Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to be that it's them. Okay, because, because if they admit that, they admit that it might yeah. happen again and that maybe the well will run dry and that is, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and actually saying that out loud is quite a scary thing because it's like, yeah. 
you know, because creativity is such a, you know, it, it, there is no formula for it. There are definitely yeah. practices for it, and it's a really interesting subject. But it's almost like, are you are you are you messing with your own head to say, oh, I haven't been able to come up with anything? Mm-hmm. So that's one reason. I think you know, let's face it, far too many briefs get written far too quickly, mm-hmm. or, or worse, they get repeated because it's the same client and it's mm-hmm. a different variation on a theme, and so the brief is basically the same. Mm-hmm. You know. You, you get the or, or or they've or they've thrown the kitchen sink in there in an attempt to cover it so they've given you all the research rather yeah. than rather than like we're saying you know rather than put the time in to kind of extract the, the good stuff yeah distill gone, it down themselves yeah you see appendices two through to kind of 12 <laughs> um you know, and there's also that thing of like, you know, what, what, if you're an agency and you've won a client and you're in a really good relationship with them, uh, a regular and you're on a retainer, you know, those kind of incredibly rare things nowadays, but mm. you're not working on a project, but it's a regular thing. It's a regular gig. It's very common to get the same brief over and over and over again because it's been written by probably an account manager or, 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 or possibly even an account exec late at night, the night before. And they're like, oh my God, I've got to get this guy, got to get hold of this person the next morning. Yeah. And they've, they've done a bit of a, you know, there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah. I, would it, in your opinion, does it, does it, does the level of detail required, I'm assuming it does, vary in terms of the medium that's being produced at the end? So if you're being asked to produce a blog post or you're being asked to produce an email or something along those lines that is um, more copy, essentially, mm. uh, do you anticipate a slightly more detailed brief in those, in those regards, for example? It's tricky, isn't it? Mm. Um, that a, a sort of a really good brief as it doesn't it's not so much that it isn't really whether it's short or long it's just what it's got inside it so ideally you want some kind of genuine insight into mm-hmm. the thing you're about to write about or have ideas about or design or or whatever yeah. you know and 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 real insight isn't something that everyone in an agency or anywhere has or knows how to get you know um and or, or what it really needs is a good planner to have touched it and looked at mm. it and interrogated it. You know, and if that's happened, then it doesn't really matter whether it's short or long or, or whatever. If it's given you some genuine insight into the thing that you you're about to have to do, yeah, that's that's what you're there for. You know, gotcha. some kind of like, oh, okay, like some little turning of the lock, basically. Mm-hmm. When I was in Australia, I worked for a well, my creative ECD was a guy called Scott Smith. Uh, he was a lovely, genuinely lovely man. And I knew I'd like him because his ringtone was TNT by ACDC. And I thought, you know, <laughs> you're a good dude. And he taught me about writing creative propositions and all that sort of stuff. I'm not good at them, but it, at least he helped me. And he said it was it was that. It's just it's just a spark. It's it's something that make that, that leads you. It's the first step almost. And then the creative kind of goes, oh, okay, I can see where that's going to disappear yeah. off to. Or I've got ideas of the ways I could take that that kind of creative spark which leads me to an interesting question about i'm kind of skipping ahead in some of the questions we talked about a couple here but um (laughs) every brief i've ever written and it's a bit i always uh probably badly ignore there's always a tone of voice what's a tone of voice and inevitably it's a list of just what seems to me to be random words so you, you you end up being something like it's jargon free human and open does that mean so my question to you is when you see something like what do you what do you want to see in the tone of voice guideline (laughs) that's a good question um so in my experience nine times out of ten tone of voice guidelines are like um 
They're like the nuclear rods from a from a. From a I've a, got a, to know where this e- is going. Okay. <laughs> they're like they're like the nuclear material from a from a decommissioned nuclear um, facility. Right. In that they they basically they get they come out. They get le- they get lined in concrete and then sunk to the bottom of the sea and never ever talked about again. So, so they're they're there they're there f- uh, too often, you know. Basically, it's like eight, the eighty twenty rule. I would say eighty percent of, of of tone of voice guidelines are just a complete waste of everyone's time. They're there for cover. Mm. Um, so from the like the CMO or whoever. So that if someone complains about the, the, the communications going out, they go, "Well, I refer you to." you know, paragraph 10 of our yeah. tone of voice guidelines that you signed off two years ago. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm being, I'm being a bit facetious, but, but oh, no, I've seen it happen, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the really good ones belong to brands who amazingly, and are these two things linked, know what they're doing. Yeah. So, you know, and, and realistically you, there's nothing less helpful than, than, than like you said, some mm. of the platitudes you see in them. I think realistically, the most useful, the most helpful ones are the ones that that you know that show you. They don't tell you, so they don't they don't tell you that you're a funny brand. They make you laugh, right? So mm. if you're a funny brand, if you're Foster's Lager from like five years ago, mm. then you know you you show me the ads that make me laugh, and show me the copy, the website copy, show me the the social media, and put loads of examples. But those things are really hard because then you're then you're basically spending creative time on that stuff it's much easier mm. to kind of list off reel off a list of adjectives yeah and then go do that um, sometimes which are contradictory I've, I've seen that happen before yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and there is you know on really bad tone of voice guidelines of which there are a lot um mm. uh and, and and it is occasionally I, i'm not gonna you know and i say this as someone who's very fond of agencies mm-hmm. but there is there is a certain extent to which you do sometimes think this has been put together to charge the client quite a lot of money. Now I say this, I don't work for an agency anymore and I work freelance and, and I'm sure that everyone listening to this has no idea what I'm talking about. No. Do you occasionally look at them and think, this costs how much? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's, fair. That's fair. But that said, I would totally recommend that you have some. Mm. I just don't think they need to be as long or as gassy or as around the sort of the, the houses as they are. Yeah. That's all. I don't think you need as much. I think that you need basically more examples of what you're talking about because that's what, as a copywriter or as a mm. as a creative looking at it, you go, oh, okay, this is what these guys are about. I can gotcha. do this. Gotcha. So let's say in the, uh, the process, brief has gone in to you and you have virtual magic and you, you're presenting creative concepts back. What's your, especially from a copy perspective, one of the things I know I am guilty of when I feedback copy, because I can't think of another way of doing it, although that might be a lazy excuse, I'm not sure, is is if somebody writes something, I'm like, I'm not sure that's what I was after, something more like this. And I write something, which I'm pretty sure I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> I, I know I shouldn't be doing. And I apologize to any copywriter. No, not not like like the, the line or any of that, but like a sentence or oh, that's not quite what I meant. But I don't know how else to articulate it. Unless yeah. I write it. So yeah, the question yeah, I guess yeah. to you is, what would be your advice when you're giving feedback uh, or clients are giving feedback to you on, on copy and creative? Like, how do you get the most out of that, that conversation? So I think what you've touched on is really, really interesting because 
And I think you you could hear it in your the way you just phrase that then. Mm. But that kind of deference towards creatives, like when mm. you said, "I shouldn't be doing it." Yeah. And um, for me, the the best relationships I've ever had with clients, um, whether at agency or freelance, were um, are when it's collaborative. So yeah. So that's not the same thing as saying, "Hey, Rob, you write the tagline, and I'll do the I'll do your job." Which yeah. That would end well on anyone's list of <laughs> things, <laughs> but um, like a com- that conversation beforehand, and you know maybe even like just workshopping that just a conversation. Yeah. So you know, and 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 we can come on to this later, but like some of the best agency um, client relationships I've ever had have been with smart clients who knew their subject inside out, who knew their brand inside out. Mm-hmm. And we would sit in a room and basically n- knock ideas around. Um, and it wasn't, you know, so so it gets you away a little bit from that idea of, mm-hmm. you know, what, what you call the ta-da moment, you know, yeah. you, you haul off the dust sheets <laughs> off your miraculous piece of creativity that's been, yeah. you know, kind of jealously guarded for the last three or four weeks and you unveil it yeah. and then client you get that horrible feeling where you just think like how has this happened yeah we missed <laughs> well, a long way yeah yeah exactly and and just that thing of that old that that sort of i think that idea that that basically creatives that are over there on that mountain on the creative mountain you know uh like coming up with the ideas so that's the first thing i would say is that mm-hmm. I think it would be really useful to have a client when they say, look, I've got some ideas. Mm. Like, can we talk? Uh, that's not what I want to do, but I want to give you an idea of what I'm after. It's a yeah. little bit like a tone of voice guidelines, right? Mm. That's the kind of, it's a similar thing. It's like, here's kind of what it should sound like. Now, obviously, sometimes you'll be coming in as an agency and your job is to decide what it sounds like. So you'll have to come, you go and do that separately. Yeah. But th- there is nothing worse than that kind of like um, deference to creatives, I think, because we're not like eight years old and you end up feeling like a little kid. That's what I used mm. to feel like. It was like, just, just, just tell me what you yeah. don't like. I, I'm fine. I'm not going to cry. This yeah. is just a job. It's, I suppose it's more about, in the sense of the, the difference is an interesting word. It's to me, it's more about if I was working with a data scientist, I know a little bit, I'm going to have stats A level, mm. you know, from back in the day and all that sort of stuff. I know a little bit about statistics, but I wouldn't sit down and say, Oh no, I think you, you know, this is, I want it to be, this graph and I want it to be this and I want it to be that and the other. I would give them the question and let them answer it. And yeah. and, and and so in the same way, I'm trying from a creative perspective, I wouldn't say I want it to be this, this, and this, but I also want to be able to give direction. And that's yeah. it's it's the it's the kind of bit in that we're giving respecting your your craft and your skill, but also trying to get your message across, which I think is yeah. where it can get exactly. a bit difficult. No, that makes total sense. I, I think, like I said, it, it comes down to the right way to collaborate, doesn't it? Yes. And the right way, and, and it should feel like a mutual exchange. Mm. It should. I think. I think the like I said, I can only go on like my own experience, and the best experiences I have are when it's a it's when it's a collaborative thing. It's not when I go when I take the brief, never talk to them again, and then come back, yeah, and then and then tada, do the tada, and just hope hope to God that I've got it right. I mean, I think, you know, there's a, there's a whole world of difference, isn't there, between saying to a creative, here's the kind of thing I really want to get out of this, mm-hmm. versus saying, here's what I think this should sound like. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's just making sure um, you don't tip over into the latter of those two things. I think is a, yeah, exactly. It, it comes back to that thing of you know that you ask any copywriter that what the worst sentence to hear is, and it will be a client who approaches them for some work, and they'll say up front, they'll say this isn't going to take you very long. <laughs> that is that is the worst thing you can ever yes. hear. Well, possibly not the worst, but it's up there. Yeah, with, you you know it just I mean I can feel the hackles yeah. go up. It's like, like, like you know, shows an absolute lack of respect for what to, and, and, yeah, and how difficult it is to write, how easy it is to write mediocre copy, but how difficult it is to write or creative, and how difficult it is to create really, really good copy. I when I went to the IDM, I was taught by uh, created by a guy Drayton Bird, who was like an old legendary old creative, and and he said he would write and then leave it and then come back to it and edit it and write. And then and he would do that like a million times, you know, until he mm. got it as honed as he possibly could. And I'm, I'm assuming there's a similar process yeah. for you. And it's, yeah. and which doesn't get applied to the brief, which is what we talked about earlier. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that process is not an easy thing to be able to do. No. And that, that actually makes me laugh because I have had moments and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's done this where I've looked at copy from a client and gone, well, that could be tighter or whatever. And mm. they've gone, yeah, you wrote that <laughs> three months ago. Whoa. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, yeah. ah, yes. Yes, but here, yes. That's interesting. Know, like you said, you need a lot of time and mm. you don't always have time and clients don't always want to give you time because they don't have it, yeah, right? It's it not like they're yeah. not giving you artificial deadlines because they want to. They're just doing it because that's yeah. how they work. It's. I'll tell you about the worst ever pitch experience <laughs> I ever had as a copywriter and Go as creative. It. We sat down. Well, it's actually it's one of the worst pitch experiences. What I love about pitching is that it's such a roller coaster, mm-hmm. and it can be the worst thing, and it mm-hmm. can be the best thing. Yeah, and often it can be both of those things in the same pitch. Um, and we went to see a large um, accountancy firm right here in the southwest, um, uh, all across the southwest, and 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 I got on really well with them, and and I was there with my. Um, art director sort of partner on mm-hmm. this job and we got some really good stuff to show them uh, and I was feeling really good about it and we sat down and the uh, account person who was looking after like you know our, our, our contact started basically had made a big deal before we walked in and said oh you know you, you're going to be pitching to the the partners and the senior partner you know, the, the uber partner today and and so just just to warn you you know it can be a bit abrasive and all the rest of it I was like no that's fine that's fine that's fine and uh, so our client starts explaining to these head honchos who are all partners in accountancy. None of them have any creative experience, but they're all going to decide what happens. Um, she starts explaining who we are and why we're there, which is slightly, slightly terrifying because you suddenly realize they don't actually know why they're in this meeting. <laughs> they're like the prime minister. They've just walked into another room yeah. where someone is going to tell them what they're there for. Mm-hmm. And he said... He looked at her and he looked at us and they looked at her again. And without looking at us, he said the words, I don't understand. This is what we pay the guys in Thailand for. <laughs> and and what he was referring to was the overnight kind of creative service that yeah. they paid guys in Thailand for. Uh, for for a for a you know a, a figure. Uh, not that we're expensive, mm-hmm. but we were value but we were considerably more expensive than the guys in thailand right. and i just remember and i just remember my whole stomach kind of going <laughs> <Run>. oh, <laughs> like i've been punched 
And then, and that, and so she was some umming and ahhing, and yeah. But I think I think you'll rem- if you remember, we we agreed that the that you know that that Paul and, yeah. and and Rob would come in and and show you what they've done, and and so he he then then sort of like politeness kicked in, and he he mm-hmm. kind of clearly thought. I don't want to look like a complete dick about this. So he's like, yeah, no, it's, uh, no, it's fine. Of course, of course, by all means, show us what you've done. <laughs> and that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the pitch. And it was, it was absolutely horrendous. However, we then showed him what we'd done. Yeah. And, 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 and he loved it. And by the, and, and then 45 minutes later, we got him, we got him in the palm of our hand. Um, and uh, it ended up being uh, a really good relationship for for a while. And um, he also said the line to me the next time we went and see him, by which point we were all best friends. Yes. He said, you know what, Paul? He said, usually everyone in this building, so by which he meant all the partners, mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. in this building usually hates our adverts. But you know what? Not a single person has complained to me about these about these ads yet. <laughs> I mean, the absence of complaints is a measure of creative. That's lovely. That was, and that was genuinely the highest praise that he could give me. It's like, no one hates it. <laughs> I like that. I mean, look, it's better than the opposite, I suppose. Okay, so we've talked about creativity, and I think one of the things, there's kind of a transition question here between the creativity and the freelance thing, which is, as a freelancer, if you get a brief... So you haven't got the air cover of an agency. You know, this, you have a direct relationship with these people. If you if you get a brief or a piece of copy or a comment or something you don't agree with, how how do you feedback? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming it comes back to that collaborative piece again. So you shouldn't necessarily, if that goes well, get something that you kind of go, I wasn't expecting that. It doesn't make any sense to me. But mm-hmm. how do you feedback? And is it different being a freelancer than it is being a paid employee of an agency? Um, it's a really good question because, yeah, it's completely different. It's totally different because because in an agency you're costed. You know, as a creative, mm. you've got a barrier between you and the client. Mm. Now, you know, we can get on to uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I, I have mixed things about it. I, there have been times in my life where I've really, really wanted a direct line to the client in a good way. You know, I don't, I don't mean to to rant and rave at them, but. Um, but you don't get that, right? And that that whole kind of you're not you're not talking to the client, you're talking to me, and then I'm gonna, yeah. you know, pass what you say to them. Um, uh, so it's completely different. It's it's your client, and and you know, and you have to be really conscious of that. And so that that is that is a very different situation. Um, I say that the thing is, you you know, you just you can't you ultimately you you can't be precious about this stuff, you know. Uh, and and I think this goes back to kind of. The bit the beginning you know in terms of like my background my my background is we didn't really get into this but was was client side mm. for for a while and um i know what it's like to be dealing with a grumpy mm-hmm. uh creative using those sort of like air quotes there grumpy creative who who thinks they know your company or your brand better than you do mm. now i think they've got, definitely got things to 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 give you but mm. i think you've got it you've just got to approach it in a sensible way mm. you know i will push back to clients when i think they're being overly cautious or whether i think they're um you know the the, the classic we want to be brave mm-hmm. show me something brave show me something new you try and do that and they say to them and they say to scary. you not like that 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> something new and completely mean. different, but is exactly like we used to do it. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. We we all know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. um, and and that's and that's fine. You know, ultimately, I would say I am not James Joyce. Right, this is not Ulysses. It is your money. It is your brand. I will ultimately do whatever you want. I will give you advice. I will push back yeah. nicely. And then we will agree to disagree or agree to agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the end of the world. Um, I think you have to be confident. If you're going to add value in as a creative or as a, mm-hmm. as, a, as a consultant, you have to be confident enough to push back yeah. when you think you have an insight that isn't being used. Whether you have, a, you have an insight about the copy or the or the design, um, and then what I would say there is it's 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 um, it's one hundred percent your duty to push back. Mm-hmm. It is much much better to do that in your for your relationship to do that over the phone or face to face on a on a call or in the same room. It what gets tricky is when you're you're getting comments on a on a on a Google mm-hmm. Doc, for example. Or you know you're getting and 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 that's when it can get um, yeah that's when for all sorts of reasons it can get you know you really get down the weeds and tone can be taken the wrong way and and all the rest of it yeah. pick up the phone talk mm-hmm. to them and start with the words look I'll do whatever you want but here's what here's what I think here's what you're paying me for if you want if if you think I'm wrong which is entirely possible um, then mm-hmm. let's do it your way. I'm just telling you what I'm just giving you um, a second opinion, basically. Yeah. We used to do at DDB, uh, we used to do a thing where it was like, here's the thing that answers the brief. Here's the thing we that you we think you should do. <laughs> was the kind of way we were, not for everything, but for a bigger project, we kind of go, okay, this is the thing that we think yeah. is is in your wheelhouse. There is a danger inherent in that, though, which is by presenting that safe course, you're giving them an option. So you have to kind of, how you present that is a question but i yeah. think it's a an interesting one that's so true though isn't it because you have to be prepared ultimately that you might that whole will give them three routes yeah one of them will be rubbish yeah. and you're like the whole estate agent will show them three houses one of them will yeah. be you have to be you know no agency should show anyone anything they're not prepared to i think it's not really bad i think it's more more in keeping with what you know they'll like i suppose is a better way of better way of putting it yeah. but but yeah well I think it's time we moved on to probably the second half of the conversation or the second uh, section of the conversation, which is about freelancing. We've already touched on it a little bit, but it's, you know, the last two years have been fucking bizarre and it continues, the world continues to get more and more bizarre as we go along. But one of the things that I think that is interesting is that people are reassessing their jobs and they're reassessing their careers and they're making decisions about moving on, leaving and doing all sorts of different things. And there's a survey by the freelance platform Upwork uh, last August that found 20% of current employees, that's 10 million people, I think it was, I want to say the US, but I could be wrong, are uh, considering doing freelance work. Now, you made the leap before the world went to hell in the handbasket. Um, what was it that made you do it? What was the, the catalyst? Um, so, so I've been working for um, my agency uh, down here in North Devon for seven years. So they're um, Bray Lane, a, a full service agency, um, sort of slightly a slight sort of miracle almost of agency in that they're they they've been here for sort of more than four decades, and they yeah, like I said, they're a full service agency. Mm. So you get to do everything there, um, and I had seven really good years there, and and I absolutely loved it. Um, 
I think it was a little bit of seven-year itch, if I'm completely honest. I'd never worked long, anywhere longer than five years before I worked at Breleno. Mm. So seven years felt extraordinary. Um, it, because it's North Devon, you, you can, you could easily spend your whole life there. And, and, and I just looked at it and I thought, I'm not sure that's going to keep me, going to keep the juices flowing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just not sure I'm cut out for like 20 years somewhere. Um, and I really loved my client relationships that I had with one or two, you know, really big brands. So I did a lot of work with, um, with Tfal, did a lot of their stuff. We did all sorts of digital and social work for them, which is really fun. And, we had a great relationship um, with the guys there. And um, Bash, if you're listening mm. to this, call me. Um, and we would basically get together. They were really smart people, uh, and we would get together and knock, knock ideas together. And it was it was fantastic. Mm. And I think I got to a point where I knew I really enjoyed that, and I knew I really enjoyed delivering creative for people. Mm-hmm. And there was an element to which I thought, like, I would get frustrated by the idea that I didn't own that relationship. That's not the same thing as saying I wanted to be in account management, no. but it was more just that thing where I wasn't in control of my time because you're not, right? You're a resource. Mm-hmm. So you're a, you know, you get hired out to do whatever you're asked to do. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think, I think possibly the sort of the protocols of an agency were just chafing on me a bit. And, and like I said, it, it was a brilliant fit for me for seven years, but I think I just wanted that bit more control over what I worked on. Gotcha. Um, and also, there's also the element where you get to a certain point where you're like, do I want to become increasingly senior? Like I was running a, a mm. well, you had a really great creative social media team that I ran. Mm. They were brilliant. And I spent a lot of my time managing those guys, which I really loved. Mm-hmm. But that meant I let, did less time doing creative work. That's and the management trap, You get promoted for being good at your discipline. And then the further up you go, the less you do the thing that you got promoted for. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to manage the f- people doing the thing mm. or do you want to do the thing? You know, so, uh, so, and, 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 and it was also just that thing of like, if I don't do it now, when will I ever do it? And we'd, you know, we'd, we'd, li- I'd lived in London for 12 years. We'd moved down to North Devon. That had felt like a terrifying leap. You know, there were lots of things that felt scary. And, and I, and I, I just learned that lesson that ultimately, if you're not a little bit scared by what, <laughs> by the next step, it's yeah. probably not the right next step. And I certainly didn't feel scared by staying there. Yeah. Whereas I felt mildly terrified by the prospect yeah. of <laughs> It's good advice. So, it's advice my dad gives yeah. me. If you're going to take your next, yeah. the next job, should scare you. Yeah. Not like yeah, it's the- petrifying fear, you know, but it should be It should be a little bit of a frisson. It's like, I'm okay. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, yeah. fingers crossed. But, you know, absolutely, I agree. It's the great David Bowie quote about um, – like the side of the nothing ever good happened at the side, the side of the swimming pool. You have to kind of mm. go just just deep enough so that you can't stand up, and that's where the fun Absolutely. stuff is. So, if somebody listening to this podcast is thinking about it, and I'm sure there are some people who are thinking about going into freelance, do you have any advice? Are there any do's and don'ts? Anything that you really wish you hadn't done, or wish you had done sooner? Anything like that? If there was a if there was a narrator's voice here, it would it would it would step in to say, Paul has still not created a website for his business. <laughs> <laughs> it would be Stephen Fry narrating as well. I think we would all yeah, agree. It would be. That would be good. I would like that. So um, uh, be better at doing things like a website for your business than I am. I, I four, four years and I still haven't got around, around to that. No. So there's there's a, a great phrase about go like what you know going into freelance and 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 the kind of why you should 
why you should do it and what you should worry of. Um, I can't remember who said it, but it's something like always, ru- always be running towards things that you want to do rather than running away from things. Mm. So are you going freelance to get away from things? Is it an exit from something yeah. or is freelancing actually really what you want to do? Because it, it could be that it's just a, it's just a way out of mm. the thing of the situation that you're in. And I tend to find that, you know, I think people tend to find that if you're going towards something, that's a bet, that's a much better reason to do it. So if freelance is this kind of thing that you are grasping for, then, then, then I go for it. You'll get total control over your time and work. You know, that will bring its own challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. I know this is stating the bleeding obvious, but <laughs> I remember even though I knew that there was a moment in my first few weeks where, you know, I just suddenly thought, oh, I, I have to do that meeting. I have to arrange that meeting. <laughs> I am now the account handler and the creative. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but 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 I you know I really think that that mm-hmm. being a creative in an agency is an amazing job, right? Mm. You, someone pays you to get to have ideas. I yeah. mean, what a like! It's not exactly down the coal mines, is it? I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not a proper job, and I mean that in the in the best way. It's mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a proper job. It's it's um it's brilliant. Um and and like and like you said earlier, you get all this ludicrous kind of deference mm-hmm. towards you as though you're doing this you know this sort of slightly yeah. black magic so yeah be, be careful what you wish for mm-hmm. um because that, that whole total freedom comes with you know extra work basically yeah. at least you don't have to do timesheets no which are uh, well the devil's work. no you don't. that is true and they are the worst Just thing ever you have to build yeah that's true build. and you've got to chase invoices right? and all that sort of stuff which leads me to my last question in your in your having come freelance, you've talked about it, with the exception obviously of web design, <laughs> which is clearly a skill you need to develop. <laughs> I have a proper job, if you like. I have an employee, I'm an employee, and I have a website. So if I can do it, Paul, yeah. you can do it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> the the um what are the skills you've had to learn that you that that, that aren't creative in those? You talk about time management a little bit, like, but like, like networking, self-promotion, like what, is there anything that you've had to do that you, or skills you developed that you didn't, you didn't think you had before or, you know? I think basically the skills I've got have almost enabled me to not address some of the things like get a website together, for example. Yeah. So, so I um, talk a lot about, about creative that I love and I talk about um, communications and all the rest of it alongside everything else on Twitter, for example. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at Paul W. Treeman. Well, put the, the Twitter handle in your in the podcast notes. Yeah, you will be confronted with lots more besides, for which I apologize mm-hmm. in advance. But, um, so, but, but a lot of my work is people coming to me because um, we've, um, I've made a, a, a relationship with them or a link with them on social media or on, you know, on, on some other platform mm-hmm. where I've just been kind of geeking out about stuff that I'm really interested in that, that chimes with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm, st- I'm not great at the, the whole money time management thing, if I'm completely honest with you, but I'm okay as a yeah. as self-employed. I think it makes you... You know, when the, the, one of the incredible challenges of being freelance is is how you handle drought and mm. um, sort of uh, a bonanza. Yes, 
it's that abundance exactly yeah um how and and what i've learned about handling drought which hasn't happened very often but it has happened occasionally is that you just have to kind of keep betting on yourself and try and you know all the cliches mm. are true don't panic try and in, try and enjoy if you possibly can that little bit of spare time that you might have yeah. um as difficult as you know nay impossible as that is but then when you're super busy don't take on more work than you can handle it and i know and again i know that sounds um mm. Like the, like the obvious, but it's so. If you've just had a period, for example, yeah. where you weren't working, it's incredibly difficult to say no to stuff. Um, so I think one of your you had a guest on recently, and they were talking. They were saying something I totally agreed with, which is just that thing of have a, you know have a network of people that you that, that you friends and mm-hmm. that you trust that you can hand work to, um, because ultimately you can't do everything, you know, and and. I think what it's made, and occasionally someone will say to me, well, why don't you start your own agency? You know, mm. why don't you, when I'm having a very busy couple of months yeah. and I'm bemoaning maybe over a pint in the pub and I'm saying, I don't know what to do with all this work. Um, they'll say to me, why don't you start an agency? And it's like, well, that's not really what I'm, that's not really in my skill set. You well, know, it's I'm also not kind a- of what you were getting away from, which was you wanted to be, you wanted to do the work, not manage yeah. the people and all that stuff, right? A little bit. I mean, mm. agencies are, are are very passe now, aren't they? I'm, I'm being mm. I'm being tongue in cheek, but nowadays it's all about collectives, and no one wants to say it's an agency because they they're worried that it will sound expensive. So they'll say things like, "We've got a collective. We'll tap mm. you into it." So it's all very loose and kind of I know people. We can make a thing mm-hmm. um, together. Um, but uh, so I suppose that the one. So like what I'm trying to say in a very long winded way is that the skills I've maybe learned are more a clarification of what I want to do versus what uh, I know what I don't want to do. Yeah. Um, and the stuff that I'm not so good at, for example, like I haven't got a website yet, um, is uh, is count is countered by the fact the stuff that I'm good at, which is yeah. that I will. Instead of a website where I'll put some case studies on, I'll talk about stuff on Twitter and people will occasionally yeah. approach me and say, you know, you seem to know what you're talking about. Do you want to, can we have a conversation about a thing, we, you know, a challenge yeah. we've got in our business? Um, so kind of things count. You don't have to be good at everything is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Fair enough. Well, look, that has been a fabulous conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you very much for coming on. We will put, I was going to say, we put your website in the show notes, but that's a moot point, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we'll put the, um, we'll put your Twitter uh, handle in the, in the podcast notes. So anybody listening can, uh, can follow you. Uh, and uh, I follow Paul and it's always uh, a fun time. So um, <laughs> thank you very much for spending the time uh, to come on and, and, and chat to me. It's been uh, very kind of you to do so. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, hopefully you agree. That was another enlightening interview. I always enjoyed doing them, um, but that one was certainly a favourite of mine. I hope you'll join us next time. And until then, take great, great care and be vigilant.